Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today, there's more news to talk about. I feel like this is kind of like the upset of the century that there has been news basically every day, all week, this week, um, in like June. Uh, but Sam Neuer is headed to Oregon State. Um, cool in a lot of ways, you know, going back to his hometown. Um, where he played like high school ball, like where he lived his entire life. Also not cool in the sense that Sam is going to be coming back to Boulder to play the buffs on November 6th. I think, um, we're going to be talking all about that. Uh, why that's kind of a decent fit for him, uh, whether he's going to see the field or not there, uh, and some more stuff like that. So that's the plan for today real quick before we get into that though, a couple more words about our presenting sponsor, the Colorado XOs. The Colorado XOs are a rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They uh, they they train at the Rugby Town National Training Center, same place as the U.S. national team. They take athletes from a bunch of other sports, teach them how to play rugby, and then try to get them onto that U.S. national team. It's a cool project. You can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the DNVR Rugby Podcast, or the written content at the DNVR.com. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the that's the big news today is that Sam Neuer is heading back to Beaverton. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, on the day that he announced he was transferring. I think that that was Monday that he said he was going in the transfer portal. And, you know, at the time we talked about where does he fit in? You know, should he go to an FCS school and just be like an absolute superstar? Should he maybe see if there's like a... G5 school? Could he find like a low-end Power 5 school and potentially get a job there? And obviously that's what wound up happening because Oregon State is kind of the definition of a low-end Power 5 school. Um, Let's start with this. So, Oregon State this spring and and I guess through this entire offseason has had a four-way quarterback competition. So you have Tristan Gebbia, who was the starter at the beginning of last year. Uh, you have the guy who stepped up behind him last year. You've got a couple of freshmen who are competing. And the way that, at least when I was looking through everything this morning, the way it was phrased was basically it was anybody's job. You, you'd probably give Gebbia the best chance to take over that job, but it did seem like it was very much up in the air. And the fact that Gebbia didn't get to play at all this spring changed some things. Um, it kind of opened the door a little bit more for those other guys. You might remember, I think I think there was like a rant about this last season when it happened. But uh, Oregon State played, I think it was at Oregon, 
and beat the Ducks. But the refs were really bad in that game, including right at the end. There was a touchdown that didn't wind up being allowed because of a, a bad call. Um, I think there, there were like multiple bad calls on that drive at the end of the fourth quarter. I think that was when Oregon State took the lead. What winds up happening, though, is Gebbia goes for like a QB sneak on third or fourth down. They're at the goal line. It was a really great game. But at least how I remember it is that that was the play where Gebbia hurt his leg. I think it's a hamstring issue, um, and that knocked him out for the rest of the season. This isn't going to be another Pac-12 refs podcast, but that was a game where I mean, the, the Pac-12 refs just kind of ended Oregon State season. At that point, they were 2-2, two and two, which isn't great, but with that win over Oregon, obviously building momentum. From there, though, Gebbia hasn't seen the field since. Um, he's been rehabbing. It does sound like he's going to be good to go for fall camp. Um, but that's kind of the situation that Sam steps into now as he goes back to Beaverton. Um, another thing that kind of stands out about that is when Sam put out his statement, or I guess CU put out a statement with quotes from Sam in it announcing that Sam was going into the transfer portal, and that was on Monday. He had a line in there that I think uh, is kind of interesting. Here's the quote. Um, I've obviously enjoyed my time here at CU, and deciding to come back here was one of the best decisions I've ever made. The season was everything I thought it would be and more, but at the same time, I didn't finish the season well, partly due to my shoulder injury. So now I'm looking forward to a new opportunity and a fresh start, a place where they need a veteran quarterback who has the added experience of playing on both sides of the ball. Um, it's not that I felt that I was, wasn't needed at CU. I just want a new opportunity, hopefully in Division One, and even in the Pac-12 if possible, knowing that I can compete at a high level. Like He goes on from there. Interesting, though, because I wonder when he said that who he could be talking about as, as a Pac-12 school. And... Oregon State obviously makes a lot of sense. It's a place where the the quarterback situation is very much up in the air, but on top of that, obviously, is hometown. And from there, there's another connection, and it's one that I didn't make because I wasn't a around at the time. But Brian Howell mentioned today that uh, the the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Oregon State is Brian Lindgren, who was the quarterback's coach at CU during Sam's, I think his first two seasons on campus. And I think he recruited Sam to CU in the first place too. Yeah, that's that's what Brian says at least. Um, another interesting connection. And when you go back and look at the quote, does it kind of sound like it all adds up? And, and I don't want to say like, there was collusion or like tampering or whatever they call it when a coach talks to a player on another team. But it does kind of make you wonder if if there were conversations that were had um, between Lindgren and Neuer saying like, hey, this job is open just in case it ever comes up. And, you know, from there, you wonder if that's even a conversation that was had last season um, when Sam was in the transfer portal for the first time. You know, he played the season at safety uh, because there really just wasn't a spot for him on the depth chart at quarterback. Then after the year went in the transfer portal, everything kind of goes to hell. Carl Durrell becomes the head coach and says, hey, Sam, we're going to let you compete for this job if you want to come back. And he comes back. I wonder if that was, uh, 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 there, there was communication at that point 
because obviously Tristan Gabbia was the quarterback last season for Oregon State. And if they're looking for more competition for him before this season, you would think that they would have been looking even harder last year when he wasn't quite as proven. Um, just, just some things that I thought uh, were kind of interesting in there. Um, also, uh, and again, this is according to Brian, I guess Sam got interviewed on a radio station there. Uh, he said that this is kind of a match made in heaven. He says, I have to go in and compete just like I would have at Colorado. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's ever given to you. Um, I want a new opportunity, a fresh start. Again, not not the most surprising stuff, um, but a look inside what's going through his head. In terms of who's going to win that competition, I do think it's going to be Sam. I think that if you're in Sam's position, you probably are just trying to find somewhere that you think you're going to play. And maybe there's some more that goes into that. But for the most part, you're looking for where you can go play quarterback. And I don't think that he would have chosen to go somewhere where the odds are stacked against him. And again, then you just go back and look at how these quarterbacks played. I think what Gebbia had, he completed 62% of his passes, had like 824 yards in four games, um, missed. I won't even know that he missed a series in that game he was hurt in. I think that, that might have been the last time they touched the ball. Um, Through three touchdowns, three interceptions. Not all that expire, inspiring. And honestly, when you look at it, not all that different than Neuer's stats. But the difference being that Neuer went, you know, four and one during the season and got his team to a bowl game for the first time forever, was second team all Pac-12 quarterback. I do think that Sam now becomes the favorite to... to, to win that starting job. Um, you do wonder if, you know, the, the there was an opportunity to play for like a group of five school that said, hey, if you come in here, you're going to be a starter. You're our guy. Uh, and Sam said, no, I'd rather compete for the hometown team and see if there's anything I can provide. Maybe be more of a mentor there and help out in the meeting rooms because I have the the knowledge of both sides of the ball, whatever. Um, there's a chance of that. But again, I, it's the same thought process that goes into, in my opinion, the decision for him to leave um, when he probably looked around him and realized that there's two young quarterbacks who the coaching staff is very high on who had a chance to play during the spring when he didn't and probably realized like, hey, this this team is ready to to take the next step to to kind of move on from what we were, were last year and that future might not include me. Um, again, if, if you're in his shoes, you're, you're probably just looking for the best team that you can possibly start for and I think that he probably did that. I think that this is a good fit. Um He's proven that he can be successful at this level. He may not be a perfect quarterback. You know, he, he did miss quite a few throws, especially down the stretch. And again, that's the, the conversation we had over and over again. How much of that was him not being the sharpest passer and how much of it was the shoulder injury that he got in week two of the season that he says progressively, progressively got worse. And eventually he wound up having to get surgery to fix it, miss the entire spring. You know, there's, there's a lot you don't know, but 
don't know. I, I like the fit. I, I think that it's going to be uh, fun to watch. You know, you wish that they still had uh, Jermar Jefferson back there running the ball. That would take a lot of the burden off of him. But we'll see what they come up with um, for sure. And we'll definitely see on November 6th. And honestly, now that game gets a lot scarier in my mind. And I don't think that I'm alone in thinking that Oregon State, originally when you see the schedule, you look at it and say that's a win. Especially now that they're going through the transition phase. They're losing the pass rusher, who's uh, Hamilcar Rashad, uh, who went to the NFL. You lose Jermar Jefferson, who was the best running back in, in the Pac-12. And now you look at that team and say, what are their strengths? You know, you, you have seen the trend of them being one of the bottom two teams in the league for, you know, the recent... I don't know, at least like the last five years or so they've been down there. Now that game becomes just a little bit more daunting just because it is Sam Neuer's return and because of what we know about Sam. You know, we know that that's the kind of thing that he absolutely circles on his schedule. You know, I I tweeted, I think I quote tweeted him when the news came out, when he broke the news on Twitter that he had chosen Oregon State and said, you know, Oregon State's coming to Boulder November 6th, whatever. And he liked that tweet. Take that for what you want, but uh, I, uh, I'm i nervous. I'm nervous. And I think a lot of you will probably call me crazy. I've been talking about this with Allie. Allie says I'm crazy, but as of today, I think I'm taking Oregon State in that game, and I definitely like reserve the right to change my mind. Maybe it's just like a reactionary one-day thing, but that seems like when you look through the schedule – the, the easy game you blow. Like, I feel like every team in college football, except for a few, they get one win they shouldn't get. They have one loss they shouldn't have. And this, to me, is looking like, you know, if you're trying to pick one, probably the one that I'd circle. At the same time, though, you know, if the Buffs go out there and they, they blow out Northern Colorado, they keep, a, keep it reasonably close against Texas A&M, they beat Minnesota, and then they start conference play against USC and Arizona State. You win one of those. Ah, you probably need two of those for me to be like, yeah, this this is a team that isn't going to blow a game to a team like Oregon State, but I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird. And it's the kind of thing that you don't see all that often. I mean, you do now, but you used to not see all that often. You know, it used to be if you're somebody in Sam Neuer's shoes, you've already used your redshirt season. You're going into your senior season. You would have to transfer, sit out a year, and that would have been your last year of eligibility. Again, over the last like five, 10 years or whatever, they've started saying if, if you're a quarterback, you're probably going to get the waiver and be able to play anyway. And then from there, they took the step of just saying, yeah, everybody gets to transfer once. Um, but it is one of those moments that you think about you know, when you, when I go back and think about how I felt about the transfer portal and about those sorts of things, like players should be able to move to wherever they want for whatever reason, find the best opportunities for themselves, whatever. When you say things like that, this is what happens. Somebody who would become kind of like a, a CU folk hero for what he did coming back to school when he decided to get in the transfer portal after he'd been told like, you're not a top three quarterback on this team to come back, win the starting job, take Colorado to a bowl game for the first time in five years, be their first all conference quarterback since I think it was the nineties was the last time they had an all conference quarterback. It's an incredible story. 
And now it's a story that's going to end with him going to Oregon State, his hometown team, coming back to Boulder and playing a game against the Buffs. And that's just a, it's just a different ending than what you typically see from this story back in like the 90s or the 80s when players were kind of just stuck with where they started. Um, it's not necessarily something that makes you say like you shouldn't be allowed to transfer, but it is weird. It is going to be weird seeing Sam Neuer wearing another team's colors at Folsom. Um, again, that's like assuming he gets the starting job and all that. Um, but when we talk about the transfer portal, you know, this is the kind of stuff that the door is now open to because I mean, I'm not obviously like the best buffs historian. I haven't been following them for forever, but I can't think of another time this has happened. Uh, a, a star player, which is what he was again, maybe not necessarily because of the, the traits that he had in terms of playing quarterback and all that kind of stuff, but because of what he was able to accomplish despite potentially lacking some of those traits that you'd look for in a starting quarterback. You know, obviously we have Katie Nixon at USC now, which is a very similar thing. You know, maybe not quite so much just because he's a receiver and he's not just like leading the team. When he was at Colorado, he wasn't he wasn't as impactful as Sam was. And not because he's a worse football player, just because of the position he played, despite playing that position and, and starting for two or three years. I mean, I really can't think of another guy who transferred, who who came back and played against Colorado. If you guys can think of one, definitely let me know, though. Get in the comments and, and bring that up. Uh, I think that that might be about it on my Sam Neuer thoughts. In terms of the buffs, what this means is one of the teams that you're going to play this season got a better quarterback, and it's a quarterback who's going to be fired up to try to beat you. Outside of that, I mean, it's it's honestly going to be kind of weird. I think that everybody's going to be on Sam Neuer's side that week. Like, you can kind of see it now. Like, the Pac-12 network all week is going to be like, okay, here comes the revenge game because, you know, it's a it's basically a guarantee that that game is going to be on the Pac-12 network and isn't going to be one of the ones chosen for, like, Fox or ESPN or whatever. But yeah, they're going to be building it up, saying it's Sam Neuer's return. I think I think it, there's a real chance that this becomes a bit of a national story that week too. Um, one of the bigger storylines in, in that week of football. Um, the Buffs are going to be painted as the bad guy. I think that those whoever the quarterback is, whether it's JT Shrout, whether it's Brendan Lewis, they're going to be painted as the bad guy. You know, you had this this hero again who came in and brought the buffs, all the things they brought, and you push him to the side for one of these guys. Everybody outside Boulder is going to be pulling for Sam in that game. And honestly, it will be fun. And and maybe those narratives are enough for this game to get picked up. You know, if, if Sam gets off to a hot start, if the buffs, you know, follow the path that I laid out, or, you know, even if they do lose to USC or Arizona State, you know, I could still see how potentially this could get picked. I wonder what other games are out there that week. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for that. Um, we've got more to talk about, though. Uh, real quick, we're going to take a break, and then we'll get back to it. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. It's so damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. You all can now come down, build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger, 
add all the toppings you want, and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef. Also, Hassle Cattle Company is now offering DNVR listeners a buy three, get one free deal on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean, they're very flavorful, they should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving, and they're an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. These steaks are super affordable, only $9.99, and now you can buy three and get one free. Use code DNVRFLANK at checkout, that's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for your buy three, get one free deal. For those of you who don't know, Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the United States and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Uh, They sell Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, and so many other products. Uh, The hamburger, which again, we serve at the DNVR bar, won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Uh, there's, they use zero antibiotics, zero hormones. So head to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order or use that DNVR flank code and get buy three, get one free flank steaks. Also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has an awesome promotion going on. Uh, you can bet $1 and win $100 on any basketball game in these playoffs. Uh, again, that's all you have to do is put $1 down. You'll get $100 in free credits if the team of your choosing wins their next game. Uh, it's my favorite sports book. It's America's top-rated sports book. Uh, it's easy to navigate. If you're a new better, there's plenty of instructions for you. Um, and there's nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. Uh, Dre was telling me earlier about all the different bets that you can make on soccer. Uh, you can bet on like corner kicks, like the number of corner kicks. I think like a, a ball to hit the crossbar, like own goals. There's so many different things that you can bet on. Um, and that just makes it a lot of fun. So whether you're a basketball fan, baseball fan, hockey fan, whatever, there's a lot of sports going on right now. Uh, so get into the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, secure, reliable, can deposit, withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, we haven't talked about the name image likeness stuff in quite a while, but there's a lot going on. Uh, there were like congressional hearings this week, um, talking with a whole bunch of people like Mark Few, Gonzaga's basketball coach, a bunch of others, but actually nobody who they wanted to talk to was a current NCAA athlete, which is kind of crazy. Um, the reason why this is such a big topic right now is because I think five states, let's see, uh, well, oh, there we go. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, and New Mexico have passed laws saying that athletes are allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. They can do things like monetize their YouTube channels, 
or sell autographs and sign like more standard endorsement deals, uh, a whole bunch of different things that they can do. And all five of those laws kick in on July 1st, just a few weeks away. That's why there's some pressure on the NCAA right now to come up with their own set of rules so that there is a more level playing field. Otherwise, you know, Alabama athletes and Florida athletes, all these athletes get to start making money, not from the school, but from other people in exchange for playing sports. It's uh, it's kind of, uh, according to Mark Few, Gonzaga's head coach, it's a really big deal. Uh, it's going to make it really hard to recruit. Um, a bunch of other states have laws that they've passed with other dates where they pick in. There are some others that will start like later in July. I think Colorado, for example, uh, that starts January 1st. Uh, so there's still quite a ways, but the pressures on the NCAA to kind of level this playing field. Um, they are running out of time, obviously. Um, but it is a really pressing issue that is frustrating a lot of people. Uh, you'll also remember that Rick George is on the committee that is helping to figure out what these NIL laws are going to be. We talked about that more last summer when we first found out about this and had a chance to talk to Rick about it. Um, haven't really heard much of an update, actually, which I guess makes sense considering that nothing has really gotten done. Um, one of the big issues with these is that the deal or, or the laws are not the same in all of the different states. You know, there's there's things like should the athletes have to disclose how much money they're making off of their name, image, and likeness? In some states, they say, yes, that is information that needs to be out there for us to be able to regulate this to make sure that, you know, there isn't some shady business going on um, with money coming from, you know, the, the school or boosters that isn't actually true endorsement money, but money that is being promise so that they that this school will be chosen instead of another school um there's uh there's stuff like a, a potential cap on the earnings should their should their earnings that student athletes can bring in based on their name image and likeness be capped that is the kind of stuff that the NCAA has been trying to decide but in the time that the NCAA has spent putting these rules together again a bunch of states, I think maybe even like half of the states are to the point where they either have a law all the way through their government or they're they're working on it right now. It's a it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, when you look at Pac-12 territory, uh, Arizona, uh, they theirs goes into effect July 23rd. Like I said. Colorado is Jan January 1st. That's the same in California. Um, Montana, just because we're into that, that starts... Uh, oh, whoa, 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 I just realized. Colorado is actually January 1st, 2023. Same thing with California. That's interesting that that's two years out. Um, but yeah, so... This is obviously like getting a bunch of headlines. Honestly, like I don't have a bunch of takes other than that... The NCAA really does need to figure this out. Like it is past time because the more laws that get put into place, the tougher it gets to get rid of them. Um, because that's kind of what would need to happen 
for all of this to work out because what everybody wants is for the same rules to be in effect everywhere. You know, that's how you get a level recruiting playing field. At this point, that might not even be practical. That might not be on the table anymore just because you've gotten to the point where so many different governments, I think, so what is this? This is about 15 states have uh, already like picked a date where it goes into effect. They've passed the law and there's 12 more that are on the way. At that point, like, what do you do? There's there's no federal law that governs this. That's kind of what the, the NCA wanted and what we were told last summer was going to be the goal that they were working with some of the senators to get this passed through to make it all work. Again, now, now they're stuck. So uh, if anybody was wondering what's going on with all that stuff, that's kind of where we are. And don't forget that Rick George is part of that working group that is deciding what these rules should be. And the way that it'll work is this this 18-member group figures out what what they... I mean, what this should look like, really, in, in every regard. And then they pass it on to the NCAA representatives who have the final say. What's even more interesting, though, I think, is that the buffs have kind of been ahead of this. We talked about this last summer as well, the Buffs with a Brand, which was the program that they launched. It was kind of at the forefront of this kind of thing. You look around now and a bunch of these schools have partnered with like marketing agencies or whoever to to talk about how you should market yourself. Buffs with a Brand, there's a, a bunch of different pieces to it, but according to this story that the Buffs website put out earlier this week, which is part of the reason I wanted to talk about this today, um, Apparently, they, they just wrapped that up uh, like a week or so ago. Um, they The student-athletes finished the year by presenting final projects that consisted of either a compilation of the information skills they developed over the year or a Shark Tank-style presentation of a business they created in the class. Um, there's a bunch of different uh, presentations, obviously, and they gave them in front of uh, people who are, are important in the business world, um, some professors, but also people like, uh, the president and CEO of the trailblazers. Um, so just kind of interesting to see how CU handles this because it is going to be really big in recruiting. You know, you look at, I think USC dropped a video yesterday with KD and it's basically just KD talking about his shoes and it's very well produced. You can tell that like they're working with like the whatever media companies out in LA. And that's like a big part of it. And that's something that USC promotes when they put that video out. It's like, hey, come come do this. You get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. You get to do it in front of cameras that uh, are, are like real full-on cameras with people who do this for a living. Um, that's tough to keep up with. And that's like, uh, that's the benefit of doing this in LA. But CU's still kind of at the forefront with his buffs with a brand program. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Always kind of interesting to check that stuff out. And especially like they're focused on trying to teach student athletes how they can profit off of their name, image, and likeness, which is what you want to do. Um, it's it's going to hurt Colorado, obviously, if, if nothing is done by the NCAA to allow it. Because at, at this point, what the NCAA could do is just say, hey, for now, 
let's just say you can profit off of this starting July 1st and then it's a level playing field until they figure out what the nuances need to be. Um, in, unless that would work by the way, because right now there isn't like state laws in those states saying you can't benefit off of name image likeness. There's just an NCA policy that says you cannot do this. Otherwise you will not be eligible. And if a state law says, actually, no, you can't do this, then you could get into lawsuits and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the, the state law trumps what the NCAA says. And so they can't actually say you're not eligible anymore. Um, so what I would do, I guess, if I was the NCAA is just say, hey, we got to come up with something. We got to let these kids profit off of name, image, likeness because these states have forced our hand. And here we are. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's about all I have on that really important stuff though, when it comes to recruiting and all of that, because obviously like if there's a place where you can go play football and in exchange, you know, do all the, the normal things, have a shot to get to the NFL, get a free education, but then also make some cash on the side because you're able to hold a camp. And again, obviously not everybody could hold a camp, but I bet if Nate Landman threw a football camp this summer, a lot of kids would want to go and he'd make some money. You know, those sorts of things. Like right now, if, if, if you're on the soccer team, for example, and you want to go coach a youth soccer team, you can't take money for that. And you know, those are the sorts of things that it makes a difference when you're deciding where you want to play and starting in just a few weeks, five states, including as you probably noticed, some SEC states are going to uh, allow that, which just changes how all of this works. Um, so there's an update on all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break, get into the DraftKings pick of the week. Um, before we do that, though, Gabby Insurance. There are hundreds of companies out there claiming to compare auto and home insurance rates, but there's only one who actually does it. Get a better insurance with Gabby. I know it. I've checked it out for myself, um, but there are some really great stories. Uh, Eric Weedham, you guys know him as D-Line. Uh, he saved over $1,300 per year on his insurance. Uh, Drew, AJ, Lindsay, they all saved hundreds of dollars on their yearly rates using Gabby. Um, here's how it works. So basically you get on their website, Gabby.com, go to, please go to Gabby.com. That's G A B I.com slash D N V R. Um, but then you'll throw things in there like your name and your zip code. Then eventually you'll just want to link to your insurance and really quickly, it'll send that out to 40 of the top insurance providers like progressive nationwide travelers. And then they'll send you back quotes for that exact same insurance. So your insurance doesn't change at all. You can just get a better deal on it. Um, again, a bunch of my coworkers are saving a whole bunch of money doing that. The average Gabby customer saves $961 per year. They never sell your info. There's no annoying spam or robocalls, anything like that. Put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. So go to Gabby.com. That's G-A-B-I.com slash D-N-V-R and see for yourself. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to get a quick DraftKings pick of the week. It's a tough one. What's really tough about it is that I'm recording this 
at uh, 550. And so all of the games tonight, you're not going to have time to listen to this and then go bet on them. Uh, So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the Brooklyn Nets to win the series against the Milwaukee Bucks 4-2, plus 300. I feel like, I mean, what does that mean? Uh, So they're up 2-1 right now. That means you need to go 2-1 the rest of the way. The Bucks win one of the next two, and then the Nets close it out there. I feel like that's fair. I was a little bit tempted by that 4-1, but no. 4-2 plus 300, that's going to be money. And that's our DraftKings pick of the week. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, I will be back on Monday with more. Uh, There was just so much news this week. We didn't get through as many of the previews for next season as I'd hoped. But that's something we'll pick up on next week when, I mean, if we're being totally honest, I I feel like we got so much news this week. There can't be anything coming next week. Um, But we'll see. And uh, we'll talk again on Monday.